You're listening to an irreverent podcast. For more unholy content from our friends, head to irreverent.fm. Hey friends, uh, this is Josie once again flying solo on this episode, but that's okay because babies run the world, am I right? Today we are joined by our very cool new friend, Colton Stefano, another Canadian. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, we love Canadians, mostly because we sometimes we wish we were Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> political climate. Yeah. But how exciting. You're a dad. You are a manual laborer. You went to Bible college and then said, fuck that and dropped out. Well, I don't actually know that you said that, but you dropped out. (laughs) But I mean, here you are. How did you find us? Uh, I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Oh. I can hear you now. Okay. Great. I can see you. Yeah. There. Okay, perfect. How did you find us? Uh, just uh, Andrew Benson. I think you had him on uh, sometime in the summer this past year. And uh, I only briefly met him uh, two years, three years ago. Um, my church was doing a church plant and uh, there was kind of the core group of our leaders had a there was just a training session and I don't even remember who sponsored it or who ran it, but uh, it was in Kingston, Ontario. And so uh, there was a bunch of out of the box kind of uh, uh, ministry kind of things. And, and uh, there's about a hundred people went to this church for, I don't know, probably four or five hours on a Saturday. And we heard from all these different ministries, um, you know, skateboard ministry. Um, and then Andrew Benson actually was one of them. And he talked about his, uh, pocket, uh, not pocket. He called it a concert for socks. Uh, and basically ran, ran a concert, uh, for socks for the homeless. And so, um, just kind of really connected with him that day. And then he talked about your podcast and just a little bit that I connected with him kind of was like, Oh, this is like right up his alley. And, and, uh, as you kind of mentioned, I pave for a living. And so I do a lot of podcast listening as I'm paving. And so, uh, three years on and then, and probably binge, I don't know the next, that whole week, <laughs> I've probably binge probably 30, 40 of them and, and sprinkled them in the rest of the year until I got laid off. And so I've listened to probably every single one of them, uh, more than once by now. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's how I heard of you guys. And I think you're doing a great job. So, wow. I'm honored. I'm flattered. And I'm slightly embarrassed because I, <laughs> I always say that I don't know what I say on these podcasts, and it's true. I hope um, I wasn't too offensive, but then again, I don't really care, so. No. (laughs) But, as you know, after binging all of our podcasts, we have our guests tell us a little bit about their life story, their testimony, so give us yours. I will try to keep it short. I mean, there's there's plenty of ways it could go, but... uh, (laughs) I grew up in Napanee, Ontario, which is between like smack in the middle of between Toronto and Ottawa. Um, and anywhere between Toronto and Ottawa is farmland and lakes. And, uh, so yeah, I grew up here, uh, pretty much lived here my whole life. Um, I'm the oldest of five boys. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, went to church my first Sunday I was on earth. Um, I know all the VeggieTales, the typical <laughs> feel that way. Um, all my all my brothers, um, we were all homeschooled. Uh, my dad went to work, um, and my mom took took care of us. And uh, she was our homeschool teacher and taught us, you know, everything there is to know, pretty much about uh, cooking. And mm-hmm. and I kind of lucked out being the being the oldest. I got to learn how to. Um, so I'm 28. My youngest brother, he's uh, 14, 13. Wow. I think he's 13. So, yeah, there's two or three year gaps between all of us. And so, um, yeah, I got to change a lot of diapers just because I was the <laughs> oldest. Um, and when mom was either pregnant or, you know, having a, 
having the next baby, uh, I got to make lunch or do whatever. And, and so we grew up in the country, at least in my growing up uh, days, I grew up in the country and dad would be at work, like I said, and, um, in the wintertime, that means shoveling and playing hockey on the pond. And in the summertime, it meant, you know, uh, gardening and cutting wood and piling wood and just having a blast out, outside. And uh, um, I don't ever believe that we were um, sheltered or, um, I don't know, left behind because we were homeschooled. I actually really enjoy it and, and believe that it really set me up good for you know, humble brag. I think I turned out mm-hmm. all right. And, uh, yeah, we went to church, like I said, every Sunday. And as I got older, like we went to kids club every Tuesday and then youth group every Thursday. And, um, our church was awesome. Our church we still go to the same church now that it's now that we have a church plant, it's still have the same, um, mother church, you could say, um, in the same sort of area. Um, like I said, we went there, went there my whole life and youth group. I never stopped going up until I got married and I was a youth sponsor, helper, leader, if you want to say it. Um, our church had our own camp with no lake or, or water access, but we had our own campground that we had youth camp and kids camp and, and family camp out every year. And I was pretty involved in the church. There was always Christmas and Easter cantatas and stuff. And, uh, yeah, church was church was always a thing that we we'd go to probably three three or four times a week at least um, as I grew up. Um, not the same with all of my brothers as we've moved and I've gotten older and stuff. But uh, yeah, church was always a thing. Hockey was always a thing for me. Um, when I became fifteen, that kind of I was kind of jumped to there. When I became fifteen, uh, that's where kind of my own kind of faith and my own um, choices started becoming real. Um, I had to, at 15, I was drafted, uh, to play more competitive hockey and, but, um, with money and with a lot of things, um, church being one of them and kind of potential moving away and all that stuff. Like it just, I don't know. I went on a bike ride one day and I don't know if I heard God's voice or whatever, but I just heard this was not, this isn't the path. Um, and so I, I turned that down and, and, uh, that fall I learned how to play drums and, and still play drums to this day, but, um, learned to play drums and, um, at youth group and church, I've kind of learned how to drum and be on the worship team and, and, uh, um, I kind of had a youth band and did some traveling band stuff, um, with our, with our youth band. And it was, it was really awesome. I learned a lot of that side of things, going to other churches, doing, um, worship nights or, or kind of battle of the band sort of things, um, with a Christian bunch of guys. Um, yeah, my faith became my own then, um, hockey was still a thing, but kind of right then and there, I kind of knew that hockey was kind of going to be a thing that wasn't my, uh, I wasn't going to go anywhere with it or make any money or make it my career. And, and I thought kind of drums were going to take me somewhere and that didn't happen. And I think I graduated high school and, um, again, had no aspirations or no kind of plans. I was just going to work. And, um, yeah, fast forward again, or I guess we'll back up a little bit. Um, there was always kind of, uh, pearls sprinkled in there as well. And, and kind of, um, and God, and there's, there's a lot of things that I was juggling at the same time, but, uh, I made a lot of mistakes there, but at the same time, I think God was in it the whole time. Um, my wife now, Sydney, um, she was, we have kind of dated off and on for 10 years up until we got married in 2018. 10 um, years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And the times that we weren't together were always my fault. So, um, that's the right answer. <laughs> it's, it is the right answer. hundred <laughs> percent. And so that's a big part of my testimony too. Um, and now we have our, our son Carter and he's awesome. And, um, 
I guess hindsight would say that we we would change a lot of things looking back, but at the same time, this is uh, this is our story, and I, I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for how it turned out, and uh, definitely grew us both and helped us learn a lot about each other, about life, about uh, God, how you're still faithful, and used us um, even in the midst of all our our problems, especially the ones that I caused. Um, um, not just her, but to other people as well. And, uh, um, back when I was 15 though, I, I was not a, a drunk by any means, uh, at 15, but, uh, just with the hockey guys, you know, on the bus mm. trips or, or, you know, March break or whatever tournaments, um, experimented with drinking and, you know, uh, but that summer when I heard God's voice kind of, um, and I said, this is, this is not cool. Um, I saw how it kind of damaged people. So, um, right now I'm 11 and a half years sober. Um, I attend AA, AA groups when I can, um, especially with the pandemic, that's been a challenge, but, uh, I've never, I never used, I shouldn't say that I never used AA as, uh, how I got clean. So it was basically, I was in high school and didn't go to parties, but I became older and my an adult, it was always, I still hung out with some good friends and Christian friends, but they like to have alcohol. And I just kind of made a decision. I wasn't going to do it. And I kept that up. And as hockey's come back into my life, um, maintained and said like, this is, I'm going to continue this. Uh, it's kind of cool to say I'm sober. And, um, as I've the last few years, COVID as well, but, um, marriage and, and just being an adult, I've realized that like, uh, it was a great decision and the Lord really helped me out that way because, uh, I have very much addictive personality. Um, I can resonate with a lot of the, the way uh, my AA buddies talk, um, the, the way their stories have gone. I'm, yeah, the Lord spared me from a lot of things that way, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, in, I can't remember the year, but I was, I think I was 21, 22, 23. I can't remember. It's all, it's all a blur, really. But uh, yeah, somewhere around there, I, had a bad breakup with not uh, my wife now, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of spinning and, and, um, I went to a, work at a different camp, um, pretty much the last 15 years, uh, camp Christian camp's been a thing in my life. I've gone to mm-hmm. been a counselor for every single camp you can think of around here. Um, and, yeah, that's a whole other tangent, but, uh, I love camp. I, I wish I would have done it more as a kid, um, and learned canoeing when I was younger because I lost a lot of canoe races as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love camping. I think it's awesome. I love the outdoors. Um, but, uh, yeah, I kind of, I worked at a different camp that summer and, and, um, I had run camps. I had been a, the games master, the head boy, all, all the things you can think of. And then I, I kind of threw a bunch of guys that kind of confided in a, a leader of mine. They kind of said, you should, you should think about going to Bible college, uh, New Brunswick, which is where a lot of the, um, the people in our area have gone. My father actually went there in 96, the big ice storm. Um, so I would have been three years old. So I, we actually lived there for a year. It was under a different name then, but I lived there for a year. And so I went there the same, done the same program. Um, it used to be called extreme discipleship. Now it's called Praxis, practical ministry. Um, so you take your basic um, ministry courses at this school. Um, um, so courses like New Testament, Old Testament, and compassion class. And, and then there were some other ones that um, that were just, I don't know. You had to take a reading and writing class. You had to take a wellness class. You had to take, um, spiritual formation class. Like not ones that I guess looking back, they, they weren't bad ones, but just like, this is not what I thought I was signing up for every Wednesday though. We got to do a ministry, um, 
which was awesome. It was my favorite part. I would have just wish I could have just done that, um, where you'd go to a prison and do a chapel service and talk to murderers for an hour, which was like awesome. Um, or you'd go to a, a halfway house and talk to, um, you know, I don't know, women that were using their bodies or, um, homeless people that had been abusing crystal meth or whatever, or you'd go to a soup kitchen and talk to homeless people. And it, it was awesome. It was the best, best day of the week for, um, the semester I was there. Um, and the part I wanted to, I hated the most was, this was a school for, that was one of the programs, but you know, I'm walking the halls with, um, future pastors, future, um, Christian authors, future Christian uh, teachers, all these, you know, all these people are going to be in ministry, quote unquote, uh, they're doing real ministry, uh, inside church walls or whatever. And, um, a lot of them would play Xbox for six hours a day, write a great paper, um, get an A and they would do that for four years and go on to be a pastor. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with that other than, uh, that's, that wasn't my speed. Um, I'm sure as, uh, Josie, have you seen growing, growing up and going to school that you did? Um, you could probably fill in the blanks of some names <laughs> that have done the same thing, but, uh, <laughs> but that wasn't, uh, and I guess I was just not used to that. I, that's happens everywhere, but, um, it really threw me for a loop. And then, uh, Hockey comes back up. I have two stories I'll quickly share, and that's pretty much my story. Um, but um, there was a hockey team that wasn't anything uh, professional or, or um, what's the word, um, competitive. But we had a hockey team for our school. Our school was only 300 people tops. Um, but we played in the local beer league. So... Yeah, we just played in the local beer league every Wednesday night. Um, so after ministry, I go play hockey with the school team, which is it was awesome. And uh, but the problem was all 300 students came to watch the hockey game, and uh, so we'd be playing against the beer league team. There'd be two or three girlfriends on the other side of the stands, and then our whole school on this side. And so we'd be up 11, 11 one, and. Uh, the whole school would cheer just as loud as they would for the first goal as it would the 11th goal. And so, um, coming close to the end of the semester in November, December, um, I scored lifting my hands up in November and a guy cross checked me in the mouth and made me bleed. And, uh, so that's hockey, big deal. I just kind of turned around and said, Hey man, like, what's that about? And he didn't answer and just kept pushing and shoving. And so we kind of got in a little fight. Like it wasn't a fight, drop your gloves, that kind of fight, but you know, a wrestling match and towards the end of the game, the ref kicked us out. The Dean of the school next day called me in, um, said, you aren't displaying Christ like character. <laughs> and I said, so you, do you want me to turn the other cheek? As you said, and he's like, listen, you can't be out here fighting and then come back to the school and trying to be trying to do Jesus stuff. And I was like, like are you kidding you. me? <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Were you there? Like, and so anyways, uh, very next week I took a face off and I don't know if this is, I had a name or whatever, but, um, next, next week, the very next game, I took a face off and a guy drilled me in the back of the head during the face off. And so that, started a real fight the sort of everybody paired off me and this guy like they're throwing punches and and uh, we went into the penalty box the door was kind of open as the refs were putting people in and they were trying to stop all the fighting but uh anyways doesn't matter who won uh, the point was i got escorted off the ice with all my gloves off and all, and all my three or four guys that were in my dorm kind of came down and said like hey we were ready to, we were ready to go fight that guy in the parking lot for you. And the, the Dean came up to me and said, you're not playing hockey anymore. <laughs> like, did you even watch the game? Like, do you know what happened? Like, and I've never really talked to this guy ever again. Um, but it just, that put a real sour taste in my mouth that same week. Um, 
we're we have chapel i think tuesday and, and thursdays and uh but about that time at school there was uh the walking dead was like super popular it was like season three or four at the time and every everybody watched it every sunday night everyone went down and watched it on amc and it became such a big thing that uh, one of these chapel services, someone that was speaking that morning came up and did a whole sermon on how um, the walking dead and shows like it are evil and you shouldn't watch it. And it's, it's desensitizing to you and we need to, we're going to, we're going to ban it. And, you know, you need to, we need to watch what we put in into our minds and, you know, Jesus wouldn't be watching it and stuff like this. And I, and I really wish to this day I walked out of that. Of that <laughs> no zombies. Of that yeah. And I knew right then and there, I was, I was like, this is not for me. Like, and, and the, uh, the director or however you want to say it of, of my program, still have a good relationship with him to this day. Who, um, who's been doing this I think, for 25 years, bringing kids to the prisons and to, you know, running that program same one my dad did as i said and uh yeah he had nothing but but you know good things and and encouraged me and and as we left and still talk to him to this day and um i'd like to say when i came home i had all the aspirations to do the same thing like go to prison work in soup kitchens do all that stuff and and in a way i can say i've done that i haven't done any any uh, prison ministry only because in ontario it became really impossible mm. um with with before covid but with restrictions on how how long it took you to get um like looked at by the government to approve you and to all that stuff but um i got to i came home and and helped out with the young adults and, and continued to work and um yeah, in, in the church and with the youth group and uh, with soup kitchens and, and just kind of went full bore into that and kind of said, I don't need a, a degree to do this. Uh, I'm just going to serve because I love serving and love helping. And um, my wife and I, um, before and after we got married, we've um, tried to do that as much as possible. There's a, an organization where we were a part of um and still are but since covid and having our son we we've kind of just done from afar raised some money but haven't been able to to be as hands-on as before but uh anyways that's in a nutshell i take a lot of time but uh that's that's me so wow well we have lived very different lives you and i <laughs> yeah but I I mean I hear like all the way you grew up and I was like oh that sounds so nice <laughs> like oh just chopping wood <laughs> yeah um, I mean it sounds like your parents homeschooled you more of on the basis of where you lived versus fuck public school <laughs> yeah I I've asked that question a couple times and and to be honest it was more about uh, finances and yeah. uh, and just lifestyle i guess um the house we grew up in or i grew up in had been abandoned for over 10 years when we moved in there was no cupboards there was no like there was electricity but it was like lights hanging from the ceiling and you know this this is a hundred year old farmhouse and um in canada with trees growing in it and snakes in the in the walls and and that I don't want to say that's normal, but there's a lot of that's a lot of people renovate and, and crazy homes like that in here in, in Canada, and uh, that was kind of how my parents did it. And um, I might tell my wife that my my wife grew up way different than when than that, but uh, no, it was it was not so much we hate the public school. It was it was uh, yeah, just my parents having low finances and having. Uh, you know, just that's how they wanted to live and, and made it work and kids kept coming. And it was, yeah, I, I'm very grateful for how I grew up. I mean, it sounds like fun. It really does. <laughs> it definitely was fun. That's for sure. I mean, you just we did go, go to, play hockey. <laughs> yeah, we, we did whatever we toboggan. And, and like I said, we did, we did 
do our schoolwork, um, our math, our science, our, we did some French too, um, as we grew up and, um, we had to read every day. It's something I look back on. I hated as a kid, but, <laughs> um, I'm glad my mom made us do that. I was, I think we did school for an hour or two a day of like work. And then we did our reading we had to read. So I read all the Narnias and my brother read all the Lord of the Rings. And, um, so it was more for just creative mind and and that reading is good rather than like my mom punishing us which i didn't really realize (laughs) until i was older but uh but yeah grateful for how she taught us and raised us for sure god bless her well yeah (laughs) after all of the i mean after this lovely childhood you mean you feel like you got the best of all of church and then you go to a bible college and it kind of sucked and how where do you stand now especially like in this whole I mean, deconstruction space, post phase, like what is, what are your thoughts? Where are you? I'm, I'm good. I I've struggled with that word. Like when I started listening to podcasts, that was something I wasn't even aware of as that word. And I feel like I'm pretty plugged in with, I don't know, youth and church culture and not a millennial, but uh, like, I feel like I didn't, I just didn't hear that word. There's, there's definitely kids in our youth group that even in my, my band at that time that have kind of not gone to church anymore, but I don't know if it was necessarily deconstruction as much as it was. They liked having sex or they liked how they liked <laughs> their alcohol or, you know, it was more for, they just church was fun for a time and, and, uh, but then jobs and work and how they wanted to spend their Friday night was different than how I wanted to, and you know, stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, life, life's good. I've, I've definitely, uh, um, grown up since then. And looking back, like I, I feel like it was unfinished business where like I could, I'd love to kind of finish what I started at, at Bible college and, and do the prison prison ministry again. But I looking back, that's not how it unfolded. And, and at the time I, I literally kind of went for selfish reasons. I wanted to be in, um, I wanted to do the summer tour in a, in a band and go to all the summer camps and, and, uh, play drums for the summer and, and see, I love summer camp worship time like you know i feel like that's where i've always felt the spirit the, the most um but so i i guess that's a selfish thing i wasn't going to be a youth pastor i wasn't going to be a, a worship leader or anything like that i wanted to do the experience more than anything and um i think that like that, that was probably pretty selfish but um i'm grateful i went and and looking back I, yeah i think now being a all the things that I've learned in my experiences, I, I run and, and operate a, by no means professional, but uh, a men's hockey team that travels and plays hockey. And I, I kind of use the skills that I've used running camps and going to church and operating, I don't know, like youth groups and, and kids camps and stuff like that. But it's just managing and it's running and I get to play and I, you know, I try to be as, show Christ any way I can that way and, and to be, you know, to manage the money and to pay for the ice time and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, as for deconstruction, I don't know if I ever, there's definitely things that I I've left behind and, and grown in other ways, but, uh, I don't know. I've, I felt like I've only grown forwards and, and, um, I feel like I've just kicked the dust off of things other in other ways. For example, the Bible calls where I just kind of said, okay, you think I need to not fight in hockey to show God? Well, you know, (laughs) so I've just kind of let that go and moved on. And I guess I still talk about it, but it's, it's like, okay, I don't agree with that. I'm going to go somewhere else. So. I think there's like a lot to be said where you grew up with like a seemingly pretty healthy childhood, a seemingly pretty healthy relationship with the church. And then you grow up and it's like, well, this is great. I'm going to keep doing it as opposed to like, and I I think it's honestly probably a cultural difference like between Canada and America. Yeah. Because Americans here, there's nary a one of us who hasn't experienced some pretty deep trauma just by going to church, let alone being involved. Yeah. Yeah. I, 
it's definitely a cultural thing. And that, that was something that, you know, I wrote some notes down even for this, for in case we got into different topics, but uh, the culture, for example, is, is, is so different. And, and I remember when I was listening to Andrew Benson's pot, like uh, time with you and um, my my church experience growing up has been nothing but great. There's definitely some things I haven't agreed with how the church have run, but I was never in a position to say, Hey, you shouldn't do this, or at least to share my voice or whatever. But, um, to say that it was all sunshine rainbows is, is, is wrong too, but, um, but it wasn't yeah, deeply. No, it did, <laughs> no, no, exactly. So, yeah. um, but I will say that like, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And so like, listen to all your, all the podcasts, you know, talk about, I don't want to keep name dropping, but talk about like, you know, the Carl Wentz's and the Mm -hmm. Ravi Zacharias's and all all the people that have been in that, the John Christ's, um, you know, the, the Christians that have been the the biggest have kind of dropped the ball artist. And so, Mm -hmm. um, in my small little church in Robin, Ontario, there's more cows than there are people, right? Like it's, it's definitely a culture shock. Um, I'd say, you know, even just the the racism, I, I don't want to jump ahead on the next topic, but the, mm-hmm. to say like, I don't know if you know the show letter Kenny and I'll just use it. As I love example. letter Kenny. <laughs> that, I, that, that exactly. That is like, I lived letter Kenny growing up. That's hundred percent how, how we talk here. hundred percent the type of people here. Um, that's just, that's Canadian. That's <laughs> it's anywhere outside of Toronto and Vancouver. That's or Montreal. That's, that's where I grew up. That's what letter Kenny is to me. Um, um, when we talk, when they talk about the hockey players going into like the native flu, that's where the racism is the most, in my opinion, the, mm the worst in Canada, but that's not so much black and white. And there's not a whole lot of black people around here, to be honest with you. Um, but like, I can remember growing up, there's, uh, hockey teams. So I'd be in one age group and an age group ahead of me, they played against a team around from around here, but that had a reserve close to it. Um, and a couple of people had kind of said like, you know, go back to your teepees or, you know, like, you know, just slurs like that. And Mm. that, that was normal. And that's like 10, 15 years ago. And I imagine that still happens. And clearly even our prime minister can't even make it to the, to the day of reckoning in in Canada here where we're digging up mass graves and, and we're treating, we still aren't treating those people right. And, and it's, it's unfortunate. And I don't even know all the, the nice terms on how to, how to say it properly. But like, like you say, like, that's the culture. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's that problem in the States too, but it's, that's the culture that we struggle with. I think the most that, you know, when there was the riots in the States last year, we're all looking at the news because Canadians watch American news. That's what we do, but <laughs> I'm sorry. But it, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way it is. Like, yeah. this is what we were dealing with and we're still dealing with it. Like we're dealing with, can we put a pipeline through the, through a reserve and, and some of them saying yes, some of them saying no, we changed, we changed, uh, in our CFL, which nobody watches Canadian football. We, we changed uh, a, a team name from the Eskimos to the elk because, you know, all the outraged woke people are so annoyed by that. And then you ask the people that go by the name Eskimos and they, they think it's awesome. They think it's, Hey, we, we think it's great. You call a name by that, and, but nope, that, that got overruled. So, I mean, there's, I don't know. That's, that's the biggest thing I would, I would say in Canada is, is, is uh, first nations and indigenous that we, we still are paying the price of that and still not respecting and, and, and honoring them. Mm. Um, that's what we do with in Canada, I think. Yeah. Well, um, I'm curious now that you said that you have notes, what <laughs> notes you took slash, um so you would be considered the most quote unquote 
conservative person we have had on this podcast because none of these little Trumpies will take me up on my fucking offer, but whatever. So I'm curious yeah. <laughs> what um, what you want to fight about. I'm just kidding. What <laughs> you disagree with? <laughs> what you took notes um, on? <laughs> I I don't know. I wrote I wrote down stuff about like um. There's lots of podcasts about uh, just Trump, about you know blacks and Hispanics and, and um, gender and and LGBT. And I listen. I I'm a white male from Canada, so <laughs> I gotta definitely definitely watch what I say. But like, I feel like growing up here, like so a lot of that is is now being all those things are things that I grew up in a little like homeschooled, go to church every day, never, never dealt with hardly any of that until I became an adult. And so that's, that's what we call, I guess, ignorance and not, not really knowing or, or agreeing with it um, or not really not agreeing, but not, uh, not being, having the knowledge of it. I knew growing up that the way we built our, our railroad in Canada, like was not cool. It's still not cool, (laughs) but, uh, like I, I probably knew more about American history than I did about Canada history. And I don't hardly know anything about American history when I grew up and my dad, mom and dad hardly ever talked about politics. And I don't think I ever knew them to go out to vote really ever like, like I grew up with that notion of, of saying like politics or politics doesn't matter if we vote. That was more, mostly my dad, I got to admit, but uh, my dad being the guy that went to work every day, like we were, when I say we were poor, we weren't like on the streets or nothing, but you know, I got to play hockey and that was my one thing. My brother got to do karate and that was his one thing. And you know, that we all had our one thing. Um, just that's the way it worked in our house and and uh my dad worked and he'd come home from work and see his kids see his wife and then he'd go pile wood or cut wood or you know do the garden or whatever and never stop working that was my model my mom took care of me all day and so i guess when we say like conservative how i grew up that's that was the style and that was going through marriage counseling i was like this is how i grew up and my wife's like this is kind of not the way I grew up, right? Like we had a little bit of, you know, and and that's just the way it is. You don't get to choose how you grew up or who your parents are, you know, all those things. And, um, but I also, as I've gotten older, I, I thought like you work for your money. And, and Mm. so, um, be a good steward of that. And so I think as I got older and became an adult and realized that I had to pay my own bills and, you know, get a job, have a car, pay your insurance, pay for your phone bill, pay for your um, rent, pay for all those things. Like that's money doesn't just come from nothing. And so mm-hmm. the conservative in me kind of says like, there's a whole lot of people who are screwing the system <laughs> and <laughs> that we're, we're paying, we're paying them so that they can sit at home and have their Xbox and get high. And <laughs> I know that's, that's one way to say it, but like, you know, there's, yeah. that's how we, that's how my parents taught. That's how my dad, especially like mm. taught me without telling me, you know, like, um, didn't make a whole lot. And what we did have, you know, was, was, Hey, we'll do our tithe first. And what we have left over is what we can spend on X or Y or Z and, or on you guys. And there was always lots of presents on a tree. Don't get me wrong, but it was like, there was a lot of weeks where like the chips and the cookies was like, that's, that's an extra. And that's if we have extra at the end Mm -hmm. of the week, you know, it was um, McDonald's at the end of the week or, or those kind of things. Our family never went on vacation. Our Mm -hmm. family never went, you know, did a week trip. Not until now my youngest brother, we've done a couple of those but uh, that's been for marriages or, or like weddings or for um, long Christmas trips as families expand and, and uh, babies and stuff come along, but never growing up for me, that was never a thing. And um, I guess that's, to be honest, that's just how I was growing up. I, I don't think I ever was taught like being gay is bad or being 
um, I don't know, <laughs> those kind of things. Like, this is who you vote for. I just kind of, this is how I grew up and realized that money doesn't grow on trees. It would be great if everyone had free healthcare and everyone could go to school and have, you know, no debt and, you know, in a perfect world. That's, that's, mm -hmm. that's the quote. But I think I grew up realizing that that's not reality. And I, I don't know. I guess that's where I have to lie with a lot of that stuff. Um, so that's politically. And I guess as a Christian, other things were just, that's how I grew up, but I never, never for like, this is what I was taught. I would never taught, like mm -hmm. I said, being gay is bad or, or this or that, but um, politically, I definitely was shown a model of my parents. This is what, this is how we live. And this is where money comes from. And this is be a good steward of it and don't waste it on stupid things and you'll yeah. have more of it. So, um, yeah. Well, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of what we're talking about now is like all these nuances of how we all grow up. I, yeah. because I mean, I can say that I grew up with a very similar context growing up with an immigrant dad who had no papers and we, he had to work and my mom had to work and he was a roofer. She yeah. was a cleaning lady. Uh, I mean, they made $50,000 a year, had a, bought a house and had three kids. And I make more than that now. And I think I could never have a kid. I don't have enough money for a kid. And I yep. don't, I make more than $50,000, but it's like this. I wish that people understood more of how we grow up really affects what we believe both politically and spiritually. And unfortunately yeah. in the U S it's kind of gotten all jumbled up, which, you know, so much for separation in church and state, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean like, yeah, I totally, I work too much for my own good work my ass off. Cause that's what my dad always taught me as well. Like you gotta work yeah. for what you have. And I mean, granted, my dad and I are a little different in the sense that we're just like, well, I guess if some deadbeat wants to cheat the system, that's fine as long as other people get the money, I guess. It's like this begrudging, like knowing yeah. the reality, but then being like, well, some people need it. So I guess we're just going <laughs> to fuck <Yep>. it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we live in California, which is a liberal wasteland. And I mean, it's not a wasteland. It's a beautiful paradise. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just, I don't necessarily, with, th what? I was going to say filled with millionaires telling you how they should spend the money and save the planet. Yeah. When really, if we just tax them, then we would all be all right, but whatever. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Eat the rich, everybody. As I say, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's like that guy, I always forget his name, but he is a black man living in the South and he's converted, I don't know how many Ku Klux Klan members just by hanging out with them. Mm -hmm. It's because these people just have never interacted with a black person in their life in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. Like all of these issues that we all have with each other could be solved through being relational, like going yeah. to prison ministries and stuff like that. Oh, it was... Speaking of that, that quick story, I, we were kind of taught like, this is what you kind of say. And we brought, we brought like in our class, I think there was 15 of us that could go in um, for age and, and gender and all that kind of stuff that had to deal with if you could go in or not. And so um, we brought in some girls too in our class and, and they were kind of taught, especially like, Hey, if some of these guys haven't seen women in, you know, 10 years, be careful. Right. Like um, we usually, usually go to, chapel like it's an optional thing if you want to go to chapel like you usually go on because you want to hear about god or whatever or you want to see girls that's the only two <laughs> options that usually guys are going <laughs> so anyways you're taught things what to say and what not to say and one of the things you were taught not to say was um don't ask what you're in for and that's the first thing i asked the first guy <laughs> <I was like, laughs> and not just right off the bat but i i kind of was like hey what'd you think of the sermon blah 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 and, and you know we where are you from um he's like i think he's from saskatchewan i think and and i was from obviously from ontario and just kind of talked a few things he's like oh i've been to ontario i've been to i think he said joyceville anyways it doesn't matter he's been to one of the penitentiaries around here and and 
He's like, you mind me ask what you're in here for? And he's like, murder. It's like, okay, right on. Chill, um, chill, chill. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, so do you mind telling me if you, uh, like, would you do it again? He's like, 100%. <laughs> okay oh, and uh shit. we got we got we got talking more and he's I was like so what like can you tell me a bit of the story he's like guy killed my brother killed him back so i was like oh this is good and yeah. and i got to see him again in another two months and we talked again he's like i've been reading some of that bible of yours it's not bad and and uh He's like, yeah, like I, I really believe in God. I just, I don't know. I can't get all this stuff. And and those kind of conversations were great. Like it wasn't a mm. theology question. It wasn't, uh, you know, I can't get over the gender. I can't get over LGBT. It was just like, you know, I, I can't get over, you know, like the Jesus stuff. Did he do all this stuff? He, he didn't, he believed in God. He just like, he, he just struggled with like who Jesus and being mm. God. Like that was, that's something I could kind of track with. Like, being a younger kid, like it was like, okay, let's, let's pray about it. I never saw him again, but like those conversations were great. You don't ever get that in a, I don't know, a small group at youth group, right? Like, so that was really good. Uh, something you said too, like, I remember listening to a lot of podcasts. You you're from, uh, your whole family's from Mexico, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, my wife, Sydney and I, we went to uh, Chichen Itza for our honeymoon. (gasps) Awesome. so jealous <laughs> uh, it was it was awesome beautiful it was way too hot that day that we went yeah. there but uh it was awesome and uh um all that to say when we were there um so i pave but mm-hmm. i do more than paving like we fix driveways potholes paint lines do all the stuff that mm-hmm. you do to asphalt but uh, when we got there um we uh were pulling in and it was like an hour flight from Cancun and uh on the bus with a bunch of people I've never met before. But anyways, you pull into the the resort and there's gotta be 15 people with buckets of yellow paint and they're painting the curbs by hand. And I was like, oh my goodness, my boss, like bless him, whatever. And but lots of times he's like, Oh, I could I could definitely <laughs> I could definitely hire a few Mexicans, like just hard workers. <laughs> and oh my goodness, I couldn't believe it. We paint mm-hmm. this stuff with machines, and if we did not paint them with machines, we would not work. Like we are mm-hmm. so lazy compared to you guys. Like oh my goodness, and they did it every single day. They painted these lines on the curb, and I was, I'm, I couldn't. I kept talking to my wife about like, we would not do this, <laughs> and they painted them every single day. I was like, man, oh man. And then we, when we went on a we went on a uh, excursion to, I think we did Tulum the, the next day, mm. another mine ruin. And, uh, <laughs> one of our tour guides turned out to be a Christian and only because I had a tattoo and he kind of, he was reading it and he said, Oh, Jesus. I was like, yeah. And he didn't really have great English, but I kind of just kind of talked to him a bit on the bus and, and, uh, I was like, so is this what you do for a living? He's like, Oh yeah doing this for seven, eight years. And, and uh, he's like, I get up at five and, uh, get on the bus and I do these trips and I get home probably about 1230 at night and do it again, six days a week. I'm like, you are crazy. Like, <laughs> how do you, ha- how do you have a family? Like, how do you, how do you, how does your wife love you? Like, <laughs> this is really like, and so that was a big culture shock and like driving, driving to these places you'd see like a little little car or truck and there'd be 15 people in the back seat Mm -hmm. like back seat like in the back and it's just normal like what a culture shock and um all that to say just like i couldn't i couldn't get over like in canada here there's 15 people waiting to get in a in a shelter and all of them can walk and go to the gym and you know do their stuff but that's the lifestyle that they you know that's the lifestyle they love and those are the same people that i me and my wife were would serve pizza to at the soup kitchen and Mm -hmm. we'd talk and have a conversation with and i still love them but it's like what a what a change like that was that was a big eye-opening thing i'd never been on a um like go to costa rica for a week and do a missions Mm -hmm. trip like that i've never done one of those but like even on our honeymoon was like this is crazy 
But you're learning. Like, that's the great part about traveling, too. Like, traveling, especially outside of your own context. Like, you learn about different cultures, how the world works somewhere differently. And, like, I recently took Ryan, my partner, to Mexico. And we were staying in my grandma's village. And I was like, listen, white man, I don't want to hear nothing about the village, okay? I don't want to hear anything if they shut off the water. I don't want to hear anything if they shut off the electricity. You shut your white mouth and you deal with it, okay? (laughs) Yep. And it's just funny because he's like, he's not weird about it. He's a boy scout. So he like knows how to whatever. So it's not like it's all weird and it's more modern than people would like to assume. But yeah, like there is this weirdness that comes from being in different cultures. Like me growing up with my parents who are Mexican in America, but I didn't really grow up American because I'm definitely Mexican and having this work ethic that I inherited from my dad, but then my dad coming home saying, I couldn't keep this young guy on the job anymore because, you know, these white kids just don't last. They don't want to work or whatever. And it's just like a bummer because you want people. It's a good job. It pays well. Roofing is hard, but yeah, you want people to succeed, but they don't always want to succeed because it's oh. hard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so from that perspective, I understand conservatism, but then my little liberal heart bleeds. Um, oh, but they need food. <laughs> hey, that's that's something I struggle with every. Oh, sorry, Frank. That's uh, that's something I struggle with every day. Like to ask my wife and talk to her and my God every day, and being like, "This is." I changed my heart because I don't know. That's, that's something I just kind of. Hey what i think it's in john um you don't like get up and eat like go go kill and eat i think he says mm-hmm. to and like you, you can draw a big brush stroke off of that but to say like it, that's truth like i don't know yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah working is it was not just a it's not just the curse from from uh, genesis it's also like a blessing like yeah you know i I'm, I get laid off in the, in the winter time here and, uh, it's great, but I'm also like, I'm just dancing. Like I gotta do laundry. I gotta, I gotta do dishes. I gotta do like mm. where I'm at work, like work all day, paving and doing that kind of stuff, physical labor. You're just like, at the end of the day, you feel satisfied. And I guess that's kind of a more of a, a man's mind, I guess, not to say women, How dare don't you? <laughs> but it definitely says like, I've accomplished something mm-hmm. I my body and, and, uh, Hey, this is my harder and my definitely a quote that, uh, my brother, I think has a, has a, uh, that says like dirt clean money. And <laughs> you can draw a lot of conclusions off that and to say like, Hey, you've, you've earned this. Um, you know, yeah. And go a lot of different ways off of that. And, um, I did want to ask you a question. That's yes, right. Ask uh, me. So about about Donald Trump. For, <laughs> <laughs> but just about not about to uh, I'll just say. Um what was would you have been happy with Hillary Clinton as your president? Uh I as a first generation Mexican American am never happy with the American government. <laughs> That's fair. But I would have been more satisfied with her in office versus Donald Trump. Yes. Fair enough. But I still would have said fuck you a million times to her as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here saying, like, that's, as a Canadian, um, crazy that it came down to those two people. Yeah. Um, But sitting here and I have nothing but not good things to say about the leader of our country, but but just to say that but he's uh, so cute he's so attractive he also thinks he also just oh man just money just grows on trees with that guy (laughs) (laughs) man oh man there's literally like we get into the whole coronavirus and vaccines and all that stuff but um, there's literally like a major shortage in in produce and food at the grocery stores right now because he has backs vaccine mandates against truckers coming across the border right now. So there's mm. thousands of trucks at every single crossing. Um, I don't know. 
like you say, people need food. I don't know. Yeah, people uh, need to be interested in balance at some point, right? Like, uh, yeah, like <laughs> I think, I think we, uh, as Christians too, like it's like you say, like that's how I grew up. This is what I, how I've been raised, but, um, changed my heart, God, because I know that Jesus was the, at the heart of him was the ultimate liberal and the ultimate conservative at the same time. And I, I don't, you know, I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how you could ever do that as a perfectly as a human, yeah. but man, oh man, Lord but I think me. the tension is great. I mean, lots of people don't think that way, right? They're so stuck in their own worldview that they're just like, well, I'm going to make Jesus into whatever I want versus the mentality that I feel like we on this podcast and you have is like, maybe I'm wrong and maybe I need to be the one to change, but fuck. I like this tension of like mm-hmm. wanting to change, not knowing if you need to change, but maybe being open to it. I think that's beautiful. I think that's the whole freaking point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sad that there's, that there's uh, such a divide. It's clearly a scheme of the devil, but uh, it's, I don't know. You're, I heard this said once, uh, I'll say, say his name, uh, Travis Blackmore, who runs Lionhearts Incorporated here in, in Ontario, Kingston, Ottawa. Um, that's a whole other talk, but he, he once said the most, um, yeah, he just said one of the most like truthful things ever, the most theological thing I've ever heard. He said, there's a body of Christ and, uh, there's a whole lot of arseholes and armpits and between the toes mm-hmm. of the body of Christ, but there's still the body of Christ. <laughs> and like, we're still called to love them, but man, oh man, like they, they sure put a, a stench on the rest of the body. Like, and I don't know, I don't know what the answer is to that, but just to say like, man, there, there's some parts that look good. You know, the, I can't say to the ear, I don't need you or, however that goes in that, in that passage, but to say like, man, there, there's some people that they, they think with their heart a whole lot more than they think with their, their mind, you know, like, mm. um, then they still love the Lord and they're, but they're, they're, not, they're not doing us any favors. Uh, at least not me. I get real angry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's righteous. Like I don't think it, I don't think yeah. it's bad. I think so too. Tell my mother that because she's <laughs> she gets mad that I get mad. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh gosh. But anyways, what a fun conversation. You should come back on so, so for like a debate episode where we just <laughs> debate each other about vaccines and mandates and I'll look into your prime minister more so I can be on his side. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That would be, be great. And then you can update us great. on all the cool stuff that you do. Cause you're doing a lot of the hands and feet of Jesus thing more than the rest of us. Anyways, it seems like uh, sometimes trying to at least depend depends if you're allowed by said government. Oh, we could talk about that too. I'm excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds well, good. Colton, it's been a blast. Do you have anything you want to plug? Like any um, ministries that you want people to give money to? Your Instagram, if you're trying to get Instagram famous, streaming. I don't know. I don't know what boys are into. No, my my Instagram is not. Uh, no, I don't need the oxytocin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I would I would suggest Lionhearts, and uh, we do this cool thing um, called uh, Coldest Night of the Year. I don't know if that's a thing in America or not, but it's a space essentially just a walk and you walk uh, in February when it's supposedly the coolest night of the year and you just walk and you get people to sponsor you and uh, the sponsors all go to s- certain, you know, locations across um, the area. So this year it's going to Lionhearts um, that Travis Bachmeyer was talking about um, to his ministry, Lionheart Inc., which does a whole lot of um, feeding the homeless. Um, they have this cool thing called the embassy that my wife and I were a part of for three, four years. Um, it has, it's essentially like um, the hard rock cafe, but with local artists, 
they come in and you pay five dollars and if you can't afford it you just walk right in and we give out pizza and stones mm. and, and coffee and it's the heart of it is to have um people from all walks of life able to come in and see the same great local music um without the and it's a dry bar it's so the same people that can't go in to a pub um that are kind of forced to buy a drink or be around those who are drinking um we come into this dry environment they get to local um music and yeah be in the same space as some people that may or may not smell the same as you or look the same <laughs> as you and um so that's an awesome thing that we got to help out with up until um, the pandemic hit because of restrictions and that but uh yeah so lionheart sync um that'd be something for everyone to check out all right friends give them all your money i'm really liking this little little ministry organization sounds like fun sounds like a little Josie project to me, but it's, I love it. That's definitely what I'm all about. But as always awesome. friends, you can find us at speaking in church on Instagram, speaking in church at gmail.com. Um, if you want to come on, just like Colton, Colton asked, you can ask too. Come on, tell your grandpa to come argue with me. Come on. Grandpas love me. Even the conservative ones. I love it. Please. All right. Well, you can find me at Josie Takes the World and Spencer at Spence Rose for all the cute baby content. As always, and as I say, because I'm a woke little bleeding heart liberal, stay woke or get woke. And as Spencer says, Jesus loves you. Bye. This has been an Irreverent Media Podcast.